باب كم اقام النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في حجته كم how much اقام النبي meaning how many days did the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم reside did he stay في حجته in his hajj how long did he stay in one place for when he went for hajj حدثنا موسى بن اسماعيل قال حدثنا وهيب قال حدثنا ايوب عن ابي العاليه البراء عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال قدم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم واصحابه لصبح رابعه يلبون بالحج فامرهم ان يجعلوها عمره الا من معه الهدي تابعه عطاء عن جابر So here we have a hadith from who? Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu who said that Qadima al-Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Qadima he came meaning he arrived who? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and who else arrived with him? Wa ashabuhu and also his companions. When did they arrive? Li subhi rabi'atin in the morning of rabi'ah the fourth the fourth of the month they arrived in Makkah in what state? Yulabuna Saying the talbiyah. What is the talbiyah? To say, labbaik, Allahumma labbaik. See, istirja'ar, to say, inna lillah, and labba yulabbi talbiyah. This is to say, labbaik, Allahumma labbaik. The whole statement. So they arrived in the morning saying the talbiyah. Bilhaj for hajj. Fa'amarahum. So the Prophet ﷺ instructed the companions, an yaj'aluha umratan. That they should make it Umrah. Meaning first, when they arrive at Makkah, they should perform Umrah. إِلَّا except مَمَّعَهُ الْهَدِيُّ Except the people who brought their sacrificial animal with them. They will do a hajj only. Not Umrah, separately, but hajj only. You know that when you go for hajj, you have the option of either performing hajj and Umrah together. Right? There's three types of hajj, right? Hajj Qiran, hajj Ifrad, and hajj Tamattu'ah. What is tamattur? Tamattur is that you go to Makkah, you first perform Umrah, you come out of the state of Ihram, and then when the day of Hajj comes, you put on the Ihram again, and then you do your Hajj. So basically one journey, two Ihrams, and two things, Umrah and Hajj. Qiran is to have one Ihram, you go to Makkah, you perform Umrah, you don't come out of Ihram, and you start the hajj right away. You understand? Quran, you're joining the two pilgrimage in one ihram. And the third is ifrad, which is that you only do hajj. Alright? You only do hajj. Anyway, so here, the Prophet ﷺ, he instructed the companions to do umrah. So he's telling them to do tamattur. Taba'ahu ata'un an jabirin. تَابَعَهُ عَطَاءٌ عَنْ جَابِرٍ Now these statements, تَابَعَهُ so-and-so, from so-and-so, you read these at the end of many ahadith. Alright? And this is basically another chain that Imam Bukhari is mentioning. For the same narration, just a slight variation in the chain of narrators. Anyway, in this hadith, what do we see? That the Prophet ﷺ, he arrived on the 4th. Alright? To at Makkah, he stayed there for several days, and then he went for Hajj. And he stayed in Makkah for how many days? Four days. And then after that, he began his Hajj, which took six days. So a total of how many days? Ten days. 
And this is the hadith on the basis of which they say that if your stay is up to four days only or less than four days, you will do qasr. Bab fi kam yaqsuru salah. This is the main thing. This is what most people are concerned about. Bab fi kam fi in kam how many yaqsuru salata will he shorten the prayer? Meaning, how long must a journey be so that a person may shorten the prayer? What is the safar? What is the journey in which prayer is to be shortened? So in other words, its length, its duration, what's the minimum and the maximum? Alright, what's the minimum and the maximum? What's the minimum length of the journey, distance or duration of the journey for which you can shorten the prayer? Okay? This is where all the different opinions come in. Some say 15 days, some say 17, some say 19, some say 3, some say 4. There's different opinions. When it comes to distance also, there's different opinions. 70 kilometers, 77 point something kilometers, 85 kilometers, 100 kilometers, there's different opinions. And you will see why. Okay? It seems like, oh, this is so confusing. I thought Islam was a very clear, easy religion. I'm studying it and it's kind of getting more complicated. All your, you know, the complication is going to be clarified here. وَسَمَّ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَوْمًا وَلَيْلَةً سَفَرًا Now notice, there is no حَدَّثَنَا here. Okay, Imam Bukhari is just quoting something here. Alright? And this is reported in Bayhaqi, and this will be reported later on in a hadith also. Imam Bukhari says, وَسَمَّ And he, I believe the translation of this is not in your books, is it? So make sure you write the translation down. وَسَمَّ النَّبِيُّ سَمَّ Samma means to give a name, to call. So the Prophet ﷺ called يَوْمًا وَلَيْلَةً A day and a night. سَفَرًا A journey. Meaning, if a person goes somewhere, let's say on the 13th, they go. They spend the night, on the 14th they come back. Is that a safar? The Prophet ﷺ called that a safar. A day and a night. Alright? Meaning one day, even that the Prophet ﷺ called a journey. وَكَانَ ibn Umara. وَكَانَ ibn Umara. Because some said that, uh, you know, only if you are three days away or two days away, then can you shorten your salah. So Imam Bukhari is mentioning this, that there's no minimum. There's no minimum. That only when you are traveling for three days, then you can shorten the prayer. And if you're traveling for one day, you cannot shorten your prayer. And if you're traveling for two days, you cannot shorten your prayer. No. There's no such thing like that. Okay? Now when it comes to distance. وَكَانَ ibn عُمَرَ وَابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ Two companions. Yaqsurani, they would both shorten the prayer. Wayuftirani, and they would also break their fast, meaning they would not keep fast. When? Fi in, meaning in a journey, that was arba'ati burudin. That was four burud long. So now we're talking about the distance. And you're like, what's burud? It was only miles and kilometers. What's burud? Well, burud 
arba'a burud, four burud, Imam Bukhari says, wahiya, and it is, sittata ashara, sixteen farsakhan, farsakh. And you're like, what is farsakh? Right? Burud and farsakh, we don't know either. Okay, let me tell you. Burud is the plural of barid. Burud is the plural of barid. I mean, I want you to appreciate this. That this is 1400 years ago. And they knew their distances. They measured their distances. We think we are very advanced, you know, if we know, okay, from here to my destination, it's 2.5 kilometers. The Sahaba also knew. And they didn't have any fancy gadgets to tell them. Right? Anyway, Burud is a plural of Barid. And one Barid is four Farsakh. That doesn't help. One Barid is how many Farsakh? Four Farsakh. Okay. So four Barid would be how many Farsakh? How many? Sixteen. Right? So see over here, Arba'ati Burud, four Burud. And that is 16 farsakh. Okay. Now the question is, how much is one farsakh? One farsakh is three miles. One farsakh is how many miles? Three miles. The miles that we know. Or rather the Americans know. Alright? Alright? One farsakh is three miles. So 16 farsakh would be how many miles? Excellent. 48 miles. Okay? 16 times 3 would be how much? You can say it. 48. Okay? 48 miles. 48 miles is how many kilometers? Just to make it relevant to us. How many kilometers? 77 point something. This is where the 70 kilometers comes from. So 48 miles is about 77 kilometers. So... Imam Bukhari is mentioning this here, that Ibn Umar, Ibn Abbas, they would shorten their prayer if the journey was, how long? Four burud. 77 kilometers. And if it was less than that, they would not shorten the prayer. This was the action of these two companions. But we also have to look at the sunnah. When did the Prophet wasallam shorten the prayer? Well, there is a hadith, which is in Bukhari and Muslim, which tells us that the Prophet wasallam he left Medina, he reached Dhul Hulayfa, and he shortened the prayer at Dhul Hulayfa. And Dhul Hulayfa is at a distance of six miles from Medina. Six miles. Which would be how many kilometers? 9.65. Okay. So between 9 and 10. Can you imagine going 10 kilometers? Right? But this is from where? From Medina. Not from your house. Okay? From your city. The boundary of your city. So for example, you have left Mississauga. For example. You're no longer in Mississauga. Alright? And you are at least 10 miles away from Mississauga. So technically, you can shorten the prayer over there because this is proven from the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. Okay? Now, let's quickly go over the, the next three ahadith and then we will do the conclusion. That will hopefully put your mind at ease. Inshallah. 
حدثنا اسحاق بن ابراهيم الحنظلي قال قلت لابي اسامه حدثكم عبيد الله عن نافع عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said لا تسافر المراه that a woman should not travel ثلاثه ايام for three days الا مع ذي محرم except with a ذو محرم who is ذو محرم close male relative all right Next hadith, حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى عن عبيد الله عن نافع عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا تسافر المرأة ثلاثا إلا مع ذي محرم Same thing, that a woman should not travel for three days except with a ذو محرم تابعه أحمد عن ابن المبارك عن عبيد الله عن نافع عن ابن عمر عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Another chain is mentioned over here Next hadith is similar. حدثنا آدم قال حدثنا ابن أبي ذئب قال حدثنا سعيد المقبوري عن أبيه عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنهما قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said لا يحل لمرأة تؤمن بالله واليوم الآخر It is not permissible for a woman who believes in Allah and the last day أن تسافر that she should travel مسيرة يوم وليلة the journey of a day and a night. لَيْسَ مَعَهَا حُرْمَةٌ In which she does not have a mahram. تَابَعُهُ يَحْيَى بْنُ أَبِي كَثِيرٍ وَسُهَيْلٌ وَمَالِكٌ عَلِ الْمَقْبُرِهِ عَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ Another narration Imam Bukhari mentions over here. Just to strengthen the narration. Now, what do we see here? In these three ahadith, we see that basically the same thing is mentioned, that a Muslim woman should not travel for three days or one day, right? Because in the last one it's one day and night without a mahram. Okay? Now, there's two things here. Firstly, the prohibition for a woman to travel alone. Okay? Now, remember that when it comes to prohibitions and permissibility of certain things, you always have to look at the context, all right? the situation. So the scholars have explained these ahadith saying that the reason why a woman was prohibited to travel alone was because of the general insecurity in the land. All right? Until the conquest of Makkah. In fact, actually, even after the conquest of Makkah, when people had embraced Islam, majority of the people, still there was insecurity in the land. Because what happened after the death of the Prophet ﷺ? Were there people who left Islam, refused to pay zakat and all of that? Yes. Were there people who claimed to be prophets, false prophets? Yes. Right? So, generally there was insecurity in the land. Muslims were in danger. All right. The other reason was because Travel at that time meant going through empty deserts all alone, which is not safe. Alright? And so, the scholars say that today, the situation is different, where generally there is peace. Alright? Or we could say there was. But you have to see how secure, how safe is the journey. How secure, how safe is the journey? So for example, if a woman has to travel, let's say she is um, going to a different city in the same country, for instance, right? How is she going? She's going to go to the airport, 
take her luggage, there is security at the airport, there's people in the plane who have taken responsibility to ensure that she is safe. So there is security. Secondly, she's not traveling alone. She's traveling with who? With who? A whole lot of people. Sometimes hundreds. It's not like traveling, crossing the desert alone. You understand? So this is the reason why many scholars, they permit that a woman may travel alone provided that the journey is safe. And secondly, provided that she's not alone. Alright? So for example, if a woman was to say, okay, let me just get into my car and go for a road trip all the way to, let's say, Vancouver. Alright? I really want to do that. Myself. All alone. I need some personal time. Right? That would not be okay. Why? Because you're going through mountains and you're going over lakes and crossing rivers and all of that. In the night and the day, you're going through areas which are completely empty. So it would not be okay. Anyway, the reason why Imam Bukhari is mentioning these ahadith over here is because many scholars have used these ahadith to prove that if your journey is for three days, you can shorten the prayer. Because that is what a journey is. But then Imam Bukhari refutes that with the hadith that mentions one day. And if you think about it, these ahadith are not talking about shortening the prayer, are they? That's not the subject. Alright? So this is why many scholars have not accepted this hadith as proof for shortening the prayer only for three days. Because this hadith, while it is authentic, it is not relevant. Remember this principle, when you're taking proofs from the Qur'an sunnah, you have to look at two things. Firstly, is it authentic? And secondly, is it relevant? These ahadith, while they are authentic, they're not relevant. Because they're not talking about the length of the journey for Salatul Qasr. Now, as conclusion for today's discussion, from the different ahadith that we have seen, what do we learn? Salatul Qasr is for safar. For travel. When it comes to travel, there is no minimum, maximum that is specified. Because you have different narrations that mention different lengths of the journey, different distances, right? So when it comes to travel, you cannot restrict the length, meaning the duration, or the distance. You don't restrict that. What is travel then? Travel is travel. What you consider to be travel. You understand? What you consider to be travel. And you know when you're traveling. If you're going from here to Ottawa, let's say, you're going to take a flight in the morning and come back in the night. If you do that, you're not going to call that, oh, I'm just going to Ottawa. No. You're going to say, I'm going to Ottawa for an important meeting. I'm going to leave at 5 a.m. and I'm going to come back at 11 p.m. It's a safar. Right? It's a journey. You're packing some stuff with you. Even if it's just, you know, a bag of toiletries. But you're taking something with you. It's a journey. So when it comes to safar, it is determined by urf. Write this word down. Urf. Ain rafa. What is urf? Urf is what is customary, traditional, Culturally normal. So you might think of something as a safar, alright, which somebody else may not take as a safar because they lived in a different time, different place, their mode of travel was completely different, 
Alright? So, when it comes to travel, you know best when you're traveling. And when you're traveling, regardless of how long you're traveling for, what will you do? Shorten the prayer. Regardless of how long you're traveling for, I said that. I didn't specify a number of days. Because all these narrations we see, 3, 4, 15, 17, 19, 20, more, less, there's different opinions out there. Why is there so much disagreement over this issue? Because, because what? Because all these proofs, what do they tell us? Because if the Prophet ﷺ did not tell us, Safar is for three days, for ten days, for fifteen days, if he did not specify, then who are we to specify? In the Qur'an, whenever travel is mentioned, for tayammum for example, or for the allowance to not fast, again, there is no restriction that is given there. What is mentioned is, فَمَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ مَرِيضًا أَوْ عَلَى سَفَرٍ right? وَإِن كُنْتُمْ مَرْضَى أَوْ عَلَى سَفَرٍ So the length, the duration, the distance is not specified, it's not restricted, and we are no ones to restrict it. When you're traveling, you know you're traveling. So regardless of how far you're traveling, how long you're traveling for, you can shorten the prayer. However, to be on the safe side, if you would like to shorten your prayers for only up to three days trip, go ahead and do it. But if somebody's traveling for let's say three weeks and for those three weeks they're shortening their prayer, do not criticize them. Alright? So in summary, what do you understand? What do you understand so that I can let you go? Action point. Like next time we travel, like we should do like what we think is right and we, and if there's somebody else that we shouldn't criticize them. Okay. And what do you think is right? Just asking. From today's discussion, what did you understand? When can you shorten the prayer? When you're traveling. And when it comes to traveling, there is no restriction for the distance or the length of the journey. The different opinions exist because there is no one thing. You understand? There is no one thing. You know, Ibn Umar anhu, once he went to Azerbaijan, and he was stuck there for six months. You know why? Because of the snow. And for those six months, what did he do? He shortened the prayer. Six months he shortened the prayer. Now, you know that if there is snow mountains in front of you, because there's so much snow, you know it's not going to go away in a day or two. You know it's not going to go away in three days. You know that. But Ibn Umar who shortened the prayer for those six months. Why? Because he knew he wasn't going to make it home. Right? We learned that uh, Anas anhu stayed in the area of Persia for two years. And throughout that time, he shortened his prayers. Two years. Why? Because he was not at home. And every journey of the Prophet wasallam. What did he do? He shortened the prayer, regardless of how long it was. Now some say that he shortened the prayer, actually many say he shortened the prayer because he did not intend to stay there for that duration. It was accidental. Well, you don't know if it was accidental. But it's known if you go to Mecca, you're not going to leave within three days. Isn't it? 
you know that if you're going all the way to Tabuk, you're not going to leave in three days. And the Prophet ﷺ, when he went to Tabuk, he shortened the prayer. Alright? So, when you're traveling, you're traveling. Now inshallah, in the next chapters, we will learn about when do you start shortening the prayer. Alright? Do you shorten the prayer at home? Because the bags are packed? Do you shorten the prayer at the airport? Because technically you're no longer at home? Do you shorten the prayer once you're in the air? Right? When do you start shortening the prayer? And then also we will learn about how do you shorten the prayer? Okay? If you have any questions, alright, write them down and give them to me. Write them down and give them to me so that inshallah I can address them in the next class. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.